0: Good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, Debbie Gardner McCullough. I'm a narrative coach and a communications coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. Every week, the Sage Sayers looks at communications, tips, and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all over the world who found a gift, opportunity, and knowledge through challenging situations. My guest with me this week is Sam Chow. He's a product manager of assessment at BetterUp, the world's largest online coaching platform. And Sam's on my show calling in today from Toronto, Canada, because during the height of COVID and at age 33 years of age, he taught himself piano. He had no prior experience whatsoever, no musical past in his youth, but something about the isolation, the extra time on his hands, And just contemplating about life led him to take up piano for the first time. He's gone on to build a YouTube channel of his recordings of his own piano play. And with that, he's learning a lot about himself, humanity, time management, and even how time feels. Sam, welcome to the Sage Sayers. Nice to have you on the show. Hi
1: Debbie, thanks for having me on the show.
0: You are so welcome. So I captured just really high level what you told me prior to hitting record. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story. So what was swirling around you at age 33 during the plague of our lifetime that you decided, hey, I want to learn piano? Can you walk us through that aha moment?
1: I think it started out with having too much time on my hand. And then naturally, I'm just someone who likes to learn new things. And at the start of any learning journey, I think a lot of us go online and look up the keywords like, how do I learn piano? Mm -hmm. And I was struck by the fact that the forums would always tell you, if you haven't started at age 10 or 5 or 2, you're not going to get good. And so I just saw that more as a challenge than an impossibility. So I picked up a piano. <laughs> and then I think the other thing I wanted to learn through the piano was getting better at learning. I think I've always been good at learning. But one thing I'm very bad at is setting very difficult goals for myself. Mm-hmm. So naturally, I'd be—I I'd tell myself like I'm going to be a musician by, by next year. So this time I kind of sat down and said to myself, I'll give it five years before I'm performing. And then I spent a lot of time thinking about what my practice schedule would look like. And I kind of work backwards from there. And then the reason I started recording is because I knew within the month, I'm going to lose motivation. Mm. But if I could look back the week before, I would see improvements. So now I'm like almost a year in. And it's been really cool to kind of look back. Although I feel like every day when I'm practicing, I'm not getting any better. But when I look back eight months ago, there's a clear picture of like how, how much I've learned.
0: Mm. So and what can have you me. learned?
1: I think you can break it down into like technique, how to play the piano, music theory, which is fascinating, genres of music. So I play jazz, and then kind of the history of jazz, where jazz came from, like how it's its roots, how it started in America, and what the spirit of jazz is. And so that's been a big motivator. And jazz is largely an improvised music form. And I think what's a life lesson from jazz is their structure. To the music, but there's also no structure. Mm -hmm. So you start off by learning what jazz is, what scales are, how to harmonize with music or how to harmonize with your scales. And then you learn not to do it. And then you learn to break all the rules. So you learn to learn and then you learn to unlearn. And it's a constant evolution of like learning to learn and then you unlearn it because you want to break these forms as you progress. And all the great players. They follow some sort of structure and then they break it. And that's what keeps listeners interested. I think that's fascinating. I think in life in general, right, there's rules and then you kind of got to break rules. Mm
0: -hmm. I noticed a smile there. How does it feel when you (laughs) break rules?
1: Maybe it's a reflection of my personality. And that's why it resonates with me a lot. There's a way to do things and then nothing's black and white, I guess. Nothing's black and white.
0: When you play your piano, your jazz, and you're breaking those rules that you just learned, how do you feel? Terrible. (laughs) Tell Um, me more.
1: It's a funny thing because when you break rules, it doesn't sound good. But sounding good is another perception. Because the more you listen to jazz, the more you appreciate these weird sounds is off. What's the word for it? Like out of key sounds. Mm-hmm. So I think people who appreciate jazz appreciate that kind of like dissonance.
0: So Sam, you mentioned you're breaking a lot of rules when you learn jazz. How do you feel when you're breaking the rules?
1: It doesn't feel good for me because I'm still learning and I'm a very structured learner. So I'm learning in a very structured approach and breaking rules is about not being structured. There's a few things with that right now. Cognitively, my brain can't process. My patterns get disrupted if I break some rules. Mm -hmm. My flow gets disturbed. Mm -hmm. The second thing is I don't like the sound of dissonance. I haven't developed the taste for it. And I think the more experienced players can express dissonance better and put it into their harmonies, Mm -hmm. which is a beautiful thing. If you actually listen to jazz, how some improvisers, when they hit the wrong note, they will form the story around that dissonance Mm -hmm. and it'll become a beautiful story. If we see this as like a storytelling um, journey. So yeah, so all in all right now, it doesn't feel great to kind of, Break the rules of music theory.
0: So if we can draw some metaphors to life and business through this, what has to happen within you and or your situation for you to feel beauty in that dissonance?
1: What has to happen to feel beauty in dissonance? Yeah,
0: what has to have? What do you have to let go of? It was a clunky question. I'll reframe it. You said that it doesn't feel good to break the rules for now, but then it is beautiful when the masters do it. So what has to happen in you and/ or your situation for you to view the breaking of the rules as beautiful?
1: Or to, yeah, make, to
0: make the breaking of the rules beautiful? Is it more time? Is it letting go of perfection? Is it something else? What is it?:
1: I think there's like an internal aspect of me, then there's an external aspect. The internal aspect is about letting go and being okay with making mistakes. I mean, they're not mistakes, so already I'm expressing it incorrectly. Just being okay with being in a flow state. So when you're improvising, you're just trying to go create a rhythm and just play and play. If you hit that dissonant note, it's okay. And knowing that it's not a mistake, teaching your brain that when you hear an off note, it's not bad. And then being able to be resilient and bounce back and weave it into your improvisation. Mm. Maybe place notes around it, harmonize with it. And the externalities of it is just that when you make an incorrect note, your listeners don't know, period. Not Unless they're like jazz aficionados. Like they, the majority of your listeners have no idea. And so if you play, if you continue to play as if nothing's happened, nothing's happened. And so the I think we're getting to the inner critic here of you being your hardest critic. And I think that's the problem, and that's the area of focus or area of improvement.
0: I'm cheering you along from my studio here in Muskego, Wisconsin, Sam, because my listeners are communicators largely who are trying to get out of their own minds and their own way so they can step in and become the brave communicator within. And what you just described there is so beautiful. I wondered with this, how can you apply this wisdom? How would you want to apply the same wisdom to other areas of your life. For instance, you're in a new role, you're having to learn new responsibilities and new ways of being. How can we apply that same idea of letting go of that inner critic, knowing that any imperfection we feel, our audience may or may not even notice. And it's part of the journey anyway.
1: I think in my role as a product manager, we build products. And part of building products is doing a lot of research on what the market wants and what people need. And a strong understanding as you get more senior is that you'll never really know, right? You do all this all this research, you have an idea of what people want. And you have to know that it's just an idea. Because people are not fixed. People change, cultures change, everything's moving. So understanding that, fully internalizing that aspect of things change is one big step forward because. When you build a product, you're working months on end with your team to build something. And then when you release it, 90% of the time, it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's not the fault of your team. It's not the fault of yourself. You can always find fault. You can always tell yourself, I didn't do enough research. But I think at the end of the day, the best you can do is... I think at the end of the day, if we're going to get a lesson from this, it's asking yourself, did I do the best I could do? when it came to doing my research and understanding what our environment's like. And if you feel like you did, then congratulate yourself and chalk it up to a mistake and then move forward and kind of roll with it and take your learnings and grow.
0: I love that. Take your learnings and grow. And as we close our interview today, Sam, I wondered... How will you take these learnings and grow when it comes to your YouTube channel and you're continuing on your journey of teaching yourself at age 33, now 34, to learn and play the piano? Where will you go with it all? How many more
1: recordings? Oh, okay, I'm going to continue doing it for, uh, my goal is still five years. Like, I want to be able to look back and really know where I came from. But I guess it's just allowing yourself to make mistakes and, or even forcing the mistakes maybe and being more comfortable with making mistakes. Because if you internalize that, mistakes are only mistakes if you perceive them as mistakes. I think that's the learning is mistakes only a mistake if you see it as a mistake.
0: Well, thank you so much, Sam. Really great having you on the call today. And how can my listeners hear you and find your website, your YouTube channel?
1: Go to YouTube. The channel is Midlife Funk.
0: Midlife Funk, great name.
1: And yes. head over there and subscribe and leave a comment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to do that. Do you permit me to use your music as part of my book in music if we publish this episode? Yes, sure. I will do that with joy. Thank you so much. Sam Chow calling in today from Toronto, Canada.